This is Envision Self-Healing Podcast, episode number 33. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we are the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com and are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. The topic of the week this week is Understanding a Holistic Approach to Natural Vision Improvement, Part 5, Blood Flow. And in the second half of the podcast, we're going to be answering a question. It's actually a follow-up question about pinhole glasses and how exactly to use them. So Richard, how's the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Well, this week I've been uh, back in the real world of food. <laughs> yeah. And uh, after my week of uh, Gerson uh, training in the Gerson therapy and eating, being fed basically uh-huh. three meals a day and 10 juices a day. Nice. And um, being back in the world of uh, restaurants, you know, walking in San Francisco, a restaurant <laughs> at every yeah. other building, you Especially know. Especially where you live as well. There's so many uh, nice restaurants. I know. So. So I've had mixed uh, mixed results, shall we say. Okay. So I have a good experience now of what, it, what I feel like when I'm sticking to the Gerson therapy and, and when I'm not. Right. And socializing and social events is still a challenge for me. Yeah. Uh, going to a party and having food that's not on the diet. I did yeah. went to one party and brought food with me that was from the Gerson therapy. So that was one effort I made. It nice. took me like an hour and a half to make it, of course, but... <laughs> Um, so I did that effort, but yet when I went to the party, had a burger, things yeah. like that, a beer, uh-huh. uh, not exactly on the Gerson diet. <laughs> and, um, I'm sure it but, was organic. Oh yes, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, but I can feel how I feel when I'm on it and when I'm off of it. Like the last okay. two days, uh, well, yeah, yesterday I was pretty much clean. I had one egg. I had a weak moment. A weak, weak moment mm-hmm. when, because it, we're brainwashed to think we need meat, right? Yeah. So if you feel a little tired, it's like a little listless. And I was just getting up, you know, and I'd had two bowls of oatmeal, yeah. which is the Gerson breakfast. Okay. Oh, good. And I was feeling a little like tired still, uh-huh. something like that. I thought, I need protein. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been, it's like 50 years of programming yeah. that this is the way you should eat. Uh-huh. Not the Gerson way, which I'd had for a week. Yeah. So I I boiled one egg. I thought I can I'll eat one egg and see if this makes me feel better. Uh-huh. And it didn't really no. change anything that much <laughs> at all. Yeah. And then so and then yesterday I was pretty pretty clean and I felt good and clear headed. Good. And no weakness. So what you know, <laughs> what does that say? It's yeah. not it may be more other factors or mental that you feel the sense of weakness that you reach for that burger or that egg or something like that. And I guess it's just self-programming. You just program yourself to think these things that you need to have protein. It's just like wearing your glasses, right? When I first broke my habit of wearing glasses, I used to put them on the side table. And as soon as I wake up, then the glasses would go on straight away. Right. Because as soon as you wake up, it's, ah, the world's blurry. Right. I need to put my glasses on, I need to see clearly. And it's funny, when we first talk to people about not wearing their glasses, they start realizing that they never actually give their eyes a chance to see. 
Right, right, right. <laughs> it's blurry before you've even tried. And yes, your vision is blurrier when you first wake up from sleeping for seven or eight hours. Right. <laughs> and you've got a bit of sleep in your eyes and, you know, you're, you're, the cells in your eyes need to adjust and all the rest of it. Well, And there's something similar to this in the terms of like um, when you eat meat... It sticks in your gut, right? And that's one yeah. of the negative things because it putrefies, as, yeah. as gross as that is, uh-huh. um, because it's, your gut is so, the intestines are so long mm-hmm. that it sits in there for a very long time. Yeah. One of the reasons that uh, some of these, the, the Gerson people and other people advocate that we're not meant to eat, eat meat is the length of our intestine because carnivores have shorter t- intestines. And so mm-hmm. the meat f- passes through quickly. Yeah. Anyway, so. But you do have more sustained, if you eat a, you know, half pound of meat, your energy is easier to sustain. Whereas if you're eating a vegan diet, you have to be more vigilant about eating on a regular basis or your energy drops. Mm -hmm. So which one's more natural, I guess, is the question. (laughs) You know, that's because that, and that's people think, oh, I'll be weak. It's like, well, yeah, you do have to keep putting nutrition into your body mm-hmm. and then you're fine. And you have the same clear headedness, um, without the putrefying gut. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, when you first uh, mentioned that to me, I, I like the idea of, uh, of the, it's just a perfect system. Um, the, our stomach is telling us not to get more food, get more nutrients true, and more calories. That's, that's the message. So you, when you eat a healthy diet, then you're getting more and more nutrients. It's like a perfect cycle. You know, that's what your body needs to get. And that's what, that was the missing piece for me. Um, Where, when I juiced, I only juiced in the morning. So I never juiced throughout the day, even though I, I had a nice big juice in the morning, I had my meals. But what did it for me is that I would find that maybe after my salad, I would get a little bit weak towards the afternoon and I needed to try and get, to my next dinner or I had to eat earlier or sometimes it just wasn't possible. So I feel shaky and then you start thinking I can't do this diet anymore. Mm -hmm. But when I started juicing four or five times a day, right. Then it just sustained that. That's a really unique thing about this, the Gerson diet. You can, you can feel weak, do a juice and for the average meeting person like juice, you know, <laughs> what's that going to do for you? But it actually picks up your energy. Yeah. You get the nutrition and you're ready to go again. Yeah. And you haven't consumed a large mm-hmm. chunk of, you know, something. And in fact, what you have consumed is lots of micronutrients. Right. Enzymes. You're getting a lot more vitamin A and lutein yeah. and beta carotene and everything that we need for good, healthy vision. And indeed, just for a healthy body with the, the vitamin C and just everything um you know our body is is telling us to get more of it and we're actually doing it and i mean it just makes common it's just common sense that you're going to be healthier and you're not going to be as sick and your immune system's going to be stronger and yeah uh, it just makes sense then with any condition that you have yeah to to tr- to be juicing it doesn't have to be the gearson but just to be eating healthy and mm-hmm. juicing throughout the day it's just another it's just another common sense yeah, and, and maybe we are getting it's it's similar to the natural vision improvement. We're trying to get back to a natural diet, and that that's mm-hmm. where everybody has the big arguments at what is the natural diet, and we yeah. get into these big debates. Um, <laughs> and maybe we just would recommend whatever works for your body the yeah. best. But um, yeah, and some people, um, I guess, I would be a little bit more anxious about suggesting it maybe with someone with muscular dystrophy. 
right. where they really need those. You know, we're, we're not. It's really true. In, it's true. We're not really in the position to advise right. something like that. And those that don't know, muscular dystrophy is is where the muscle uh, deteriorates and and uh, eventually disappears. So, um, or you know, works its way away so it gets a lot weaker so it becomes difficult to function whatever those muscles are that are being affected by the muscular dystrophy so but i do know we had uh, a fantastic woman uh, come over here from brazil with muscular dystrophy and she'd been working for several years and um, she went from not being able to walk to only be she couldn't even stand up from sitting down and by the time uh, after two years of work and the massage and, and doing lots of Schneider's work, um, you know, by the end of the, 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 I think it was 14 days she did here in San Francisco, she was jumping up and down on a trampoline and she climbed Mount uh, Panama Tire or something. Mount Tam, you That's mean? It. Mount Tam. Know, something Mount, like that. Mount Tire, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Anyway, I Tamil Pius, Mount Tamil Pius. It. It's shortened to Mount Tam in the Bay Area. That's good yeah. memory, though. Yeah, just yeah. Just show how that was working. There you go. Audio memory. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, I was speaking to her, and she says that she eats a lot of quinoa because it's right. a whole protein. Um, but she also said that she ha- had fish, and uh, but she only ever had white meat. So I mean, it was amazing to see how she had she had grown. You know, she was saying how her legs were bone, and now she had muscle there. It was it was really amazing to see. Yeah. So I guess for me, I am I'm in this, the midst of this struggle of like what is natural for me. Yeah. And um, and I guess you just I guess what I just said there and what you said previously, it comes down to the individual. Yeah. But I guess the problem is, if I had asked you a month ago, oh, I know, I would have said, said I, I, can't I have to have meat. Me. I know. <laughs> so you you have to question your own beliefs and try things out and see what really works for you. Yeah, and then be honest with yourself. Right. In, in, you know, is it really that you feel tired because you're not having meat, or is mm-hmm. it, um, you know, something else? Maybe yeah. a pattern. Yeah. So, uh, so, but what about the juicing? Are you still juicing regularly? Not as much. Not and as that, much. and and I was, you know, you get into a busy life. It's like, uh-huh. man, how are you, how am I going to juice ten times a day? So I've been doing like two or three times a day. Yeah. Um, which helps, and it's, and the reality is, on the uh, the more vegan diet, you can't. That's what I started out by saying. You can't go for five, four or five hours, and yeah. just sort of gut it out, yeah. just so to speak. Uh huh. Because you will lose energy more than if you'd had, you know, bacon and eggs four or five hours earlier. Mm -hmm. It is a reality. But if you think, oh, I just need some juice and it'll get me through another hour or two, actually. Yeah. So it's a very different way of life. And Uh, I guess uh, pre-planning. Yes, exactly. If you know you're going to be busy for the next couple of hours, do two juices Mm -hmm. instead of just one, knowing that you're going to have that juice later on. Yeah, I had a prime example this morning. I was busy running out of the house to get to a client, and um, I was still pretty full. And I was like, "Well, I knew in a couple of hours, just before the client, I'd probably need something, um, a juice or something." I thought, "Work, well, I'll make the juice." And I thought, "Well," and I'm sort of trying to rush out the door. I was like, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. Yeah. And I got on the public transport and I got about 10 minutes down the road and my stomach grumbled. I was yeah. Like, oh, I really wish I'd made a juice. <laughs> yeah. Well, one trick that they that they taught me that I've started doing is to make car- carrot juice last longer. Oh, okay. Whereas anything with greens in it is more perishable ah. for the nutrients. Okay. So make, you know, in the mornings, 
make more than one carrot juice and put them. Uh, they use mason jars with small eight ounce mason jars okay. and tighten the lids down on them, and then you can carry it. You put them in the refrigerator and they'll last. You know, half a day. Oh, really? It depends. You know how perfectionistic you're being about it. Some yeah. people last say they last a whole day. And, you know, it's all debatable. Uh huh. Um, but in general, if you consume them throughout the day and you made them in the morning, you're fine with the carrot and carrot apple juices. Whereas greens really should be consumed quickly. So that's another trick. Make Excellent. a bunch of carrot juice in the morning. So cool. Anyway, I'm I'm playing with all of this, and, yeah. and, and my old life is intersecting with my new life, and we'll see we'll see how it works out. Yeah, good. Well, we we we'll see how you get on uh, next week. You've yeah. you've got another busy week coming up. This yeah. week Anyway, uh, so yeah, the garden. Yeah, we're. Yeah. Uh, I moved from the from my house into my garden now, so but <laughs> after that, there's no space left yeah. for me to change. So well, I've got well, I've got a bad feeling that as soon as you've done that, you're going to say that you're moving and you're going to do this all over again. I have planned the, the fourth <laughs> story in my three story house already. It's like as soon as they, <laughs> I got the final inspection, I'm like, you know, a bedroom on the on the top floor would be awesome. It would have a great view, would wouldn't it? It would have a great view. Well, maybe we'll save that for 2013. <laughs> okay. Maybe we can get some work done before we... Uh... Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> well, uh, my how, week... Yeah, uh, how was your week? It was It was because uh, you were no longer at your retreat, and uh, I guess I, I felt I was no longer on my retreat, so work kicked in mm-hmm. a lot more, and, uh, and we sort of... You did, yeah. We've sort of uh, come up with... A, a new idea. Oh right, yeah. Um, which, yeah. When I was away, he came up with this brilliant idea, actually. Um, which uh, which we're working on, and uh, we'll let you guys know a little yeah. bit more uh, when it's closer to being done. Uh, we're pretty excited about it. Well, it, it, we'll give them little clues, but I won't give them much. But it actually came out of uh, someone who was using the website and had some issues with how they could use it, and we'll just leave that little yeah secret clue. Yeah, it's exciting. We're yeah. we're really trying to put some some finishing uh, touches on it and, and really get it out there because it's going to be a real beneficial uh, tool for a, a lot of people that, that are struggling with this. So, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited about it. It's, yeah. it's excitement that's pushing me through the... So the, you're back the at the computer, right? You're tied yeah, to the, a little bit? I guess it's more... It's it's interesting. It really ties in with when we talked about the mind and uh, ah. the holistic part. Mm-hmm. And I'm still up 5.30 in the morning. I've still got ah. my juice. I'm still doing the the exercises but my mind is a little bit more uh, else. distracted yeah so where before you know maybe i would do the peripheral exercise and then i would walk to do a juice and i could still hold the periphery and it's still part of the exercise right you know i'm off in in creation land where right I right mental creation land yeah <laughs> and um will's will's playland <laughs> and I, yeah and i'm telling me it's a scary place and uh, and i'm telling myself it's full of funny mirrors and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is and i'm telling myself you know periphery 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 and it's good because at least i'm still reminding myself um but it, it's certainly you know less time yeah, sort of dis- there's less discovery time less discovery space mm-hmm. and it's like oh okay well let's just do 10 more minutes of the exercise or or let's go palm now or let's go sun now for 10 it's like wow well, i had this brilliant idea <laughs> yeah. i say well i just need to get this done first and yeah. then oh and then you think okay well all right well now i'll go do some sunning and it's like well let me just finish this yeah and then, and then before you know it it's the end of the day right and uh, and you haven't done any of it so it's just it's getting back into that that idea of forcing yourself to make those breaks yeah um good. So to do those breaks and then you know to do the sunning do the palming 
do the obstruction glasses, mm-hmm. you know, go and do a peripheral exercise for 10 minutes just to, just to break up the space. Um, I mean, and, and really when you think about it, you know, in a couple of weeks time, hopefully, you know, the, the product will be done. It's out there ready for people to get, but I've still got my vision. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if yeah. I haven't done those exercises, okay, the product's done and it's done, mm-hmm. but my vision isn't any better. Yeah. And in fact, it will probably be worse. And yeah, you know, Definitely, I would yeah. have maybe lost the gains. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, one of my clients today sort of disappeared for a few months and, um, and she came back today and noticed that her vision, she was working really hard and she spent a good six months doing the exercises uh-huh. and then she had a few months break and she did, notice that um she wasn't seeing as clearly as, uh, as she was before because she wasn't doing the exercises right. and she wasn't doing the practice that's good so and i mean that in itself is very valuable yeah because it there was it that shows. comparison there sort of like me eating a hamburger and feeling bad yes <laughs> <laughs> oh i guess it makes me feel bad so it's uh, it's really interesting and again like what you talk about how you're integrating the new diet into your new life right i'm sort of trying to integrate my new discoveries yeah. with the eye exercises and how does that fit into my life and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, fitting into being able to function more in the dark and all the rest of it. So it's really, it's really interesting. I, I like it because it's sort of, you have that time. Mishnara always says that, you know, when you're busy, then that's your busy time. But when you do get some time to do the exercises, ah, yeah. then try and make the most of it. Mm-hmm. You know, extend your program. Um, if you do find that you've got a couple of hours, instead of being like, well, my program's only an hour a day, really try and do those two hours. Right. And really try and make the most of it. I mean, one thing I've learned this week, and I don't want our listeners to freak out about this, but I realize that I really do need to spend more time doing the exercises to really engage my brain and really set it in permanently right but i guess i'm in a different situation i'm also trying to discover this for other people as well and for our listeners so there's a little bit more on it yeah so maybe i'll do the work so you guys don't have to as much yeah um you are inventing whole new exercises i have to give you that this this last month yeah i mean nobody ever has a I've never heard anyone talk about peripheral meditation ever, ever. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm coming up with some more stuff as well. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm saving it for my next book. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, it's, it's been a good week. It's been a busy week. Um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to next week and see if I can now integrate the two and, and come to a nice happy medium. Right. Um, of doing the work and the exercises at the same time. Sounds good. Well, it's a good time to move on to topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is Understanding a Holistic Approach to Natural Vision Improvement, Blood Flow, Part 5. So last week we talked about muscle tension and how a big downside of muscle tension um, as far as the body is involved in in the holistic approach and how the body is really part of how we can improve our eyesight. Then it meant that it was restricting the blood flow. Now, this week we're going to talk a little bit more specifically on how blood flow is good for the eyes and how blood flow in general um, is good for us. And and, and first of all, it's delivering nutrition to uh, all of the body cells, but Mm -hmm. in particular, I guess we're going to talk about the retina and other parts of the eye. Uh, And in particular, just for a very basic example, is bringing uh, vitamin A, which is a a part of... uh, 
what's called phototransduction, the process of turning light into electricity so it can be used by the brain, mm -hmm. uses vitamin A in that process. So you need, well, you need to consume, here I'm stuck on the Gerson thing, you need to consume vitamin A. Yeah. And actually your liver needs to, to, to be involved as well. And then uh -huh. it needs to be delivered by the blood flow um, to, your, to your retina. And especially if you're someone like myself with retinitis pigmentosa where they don't necessarily know what it is, but mm. they know there's a dysfunction there mm. um, with the phototransduction of the rod cells mm -hmm. or with the, the, the regenerating with the vitamin A, then, hey, let's just, let's just give the eyes what it needs right. to try and figure out whatever it is that's going on. And that's why you do juicing, to flood that whole system with, mm -hmm. with vitamin A as well as other vitamins. And, so and if you don't have that good blood flow, then you can have all the nutrients you want. Yep. But if, if you don't have the delivery system, right. then it's not going to get there. You can spend uh, $10,000 on a new uh, bed, mm -hmm. but if you don't have a good delivery system to take that from the store to your house, mm -hmm. then you know, you're never going to get the bed. You're yeah. just sleeping on the floor. And trust me, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you need, it's a delivery system, but it's also a waste removal system. So, well, in something like macular degeneration, you're dealing with both. Uh -huh. So your um, poor circulation can lead to macular degeneration yeah. in this particular wet macular degeneration where you're you know, in wet macular gener degeneration, you're, you're, uh, you're growing uh, sort of poor quality blood vessels, what's called uh, neovascularization, mm -hmm. and then they leak and then it, that's why it's called wet macular degeneration. In the dry form, you're try your, your, your body is not removing the waste product efficiently. So both of those are related to circulation and poor circulation. Yeah, and it's it's really a whole um, body system. Again, I mean, we don't necessarily think about this, but our calves, um, they're actually involved, the calf muscles are actually involved in helping pump the blood back to our heart. It's called venous return right? because of the gravity there and it doesn't necessarily have the valves to help push it back up. So... Um, the muscles squeeze together and push it back up. Now, if you've got muscle tension in your calves or tight calves or you're sitting all day and not using them, then it means that you're not pushing that blood back up to the heart. So mm -hmm. who would ever have thought that tight calves could affect mm -hmm. your eyes? Right. Um, but really, we need to start thinking out of the box a little bit. We need to start thinking holistically and how a whole body really does have a big factor in our vision um, and indeed, more importantly, our blood flow. Right. And if we've got that poor blood flow, then, I mean, I'm amazed anyone can function. Well, they don't. I mean, after a certain point, point coronary I, heart disease. Exactly. <laughs> With poor blood flow, all sorts of conditions still up out of that. Yeah. Um, and I guess we're, we're saying the delivery system of blood flow, it does involve cardiovascular fitness. So we do want you to exercise mm -hmm. some and you know clear out your veins and eat a better diet so your veins don't get clogged things like that mm -hmm. but you're right to bring up the muscular system that's what gets ignored in this whole blood flow question is we want a relaxed body as well as a fit body mm -hmm. as well as an exercised body and there's a real misconception here with uh, fitness and it's that people think that if you're fit you have good blood flow mm -hmm. and 
if you uh, are somebody with a lot of muscle tension, like myself, uh, when I did a lot of sprinting and mm -hmm. um, impact sports, then my muscles became really stiff and tight. I had poor blood flow, but yet I was I was fit mm -hmm. as a fiddle. I don't know if you have that phrase over here. A fit where? As fit as a fiddle. No, we do have that. Oh, we you probably know, stole okay. it from you. It doesn't make sense. I, I have no idea where it comes fiddle. from. Yeah. Makes sense. No. Fiddles aren't that fit, really. Yeah. Um, maybe as a fiddler. Maybe they shortened it. They must be. They're so fast when they play those things. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> so, um, so you could be, you know, you could be a great, you could be a marathon runner. You could be running uh, two, three hours a day. But if you've got tight muscles and it's restricting the blood flow, then you have poor blood flow. Right. So now don't take that as an excuse to never exercise. Because Will and Richard said that when you exercise, it creates tension. Right. And you have poor blood flow. Right. What we're saying is that you need to, again, find that happy medium between the two. You need to be fit. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to have the healthy heart in order to pump good blood around mm -hmm. the body. Um, you need that, that drive in order to want to have the heart pump more blood around the body. And as Richard says, that it's not just about taking nutrients and oxygen to the cells it's also having that waste product taken away which very few people think about and if you're exercising and you've got a higher heart rate then obviously you're doing that on a, on a more on a rapid base right. so but exercise doesn't necessarily mean running a marathon it could be walking yeah. for 30 minutes a day exactly and indeed i was listening to even something about um, the brain uh, again the other day about neuroplasticity and how the brain is constantly changing. And they even said there that just walking half an hour a day is enough to keep, you know, keeps your mind active, it keeps it fresh, um, and it's really just exercising the whole body yeah. by doing that. And uh, obviously with something like oxygen, it, uh, our cells can't function without oxygen. That's, right. that's how things um, work. So by having a good blood flow system, we're really getting that oxygen to the cells that they need and it also means that we're taking the waste products away. And it's just a healthy environment. I always like the analogy of um, if the, the waste uh, disposal people went on strike. and um, Or just think back to, uh, to the medieval times when people used to just put their trash outside on the street. Mm -hmm. And it was just a horrible environment. People got sick and you got the plague and all the rest of it. Now you could imagine that if you're creating a toxic environment for yourselves then they're going to be like those people they're just not going to function as well as they could right another i heard this example when i was on that gerson thing of like apparently new york would think of yourself as new york city okay i like it's a little more modern example but I, I get what you're saying and apparently that new york would starve in a day and a half if they cut off the bridges and that's wow. like your blood flow. I like can the hear all food. these people in New York now freaking out. <laughs> like people would start to starve. Well, maybe you don't. You know, I think you could starve in a day. You could start to starve. Well, maybe not. But anyway, in a day and a half, people would start to, to suffer from malnutrition, let's say, uh -huh. in New York if they just cut the bridges off because the trucks of food bringing on to the island of Manhattan uh, would be stopped. And wow. when New York has experienced this many times, if the garbage... Go, men go on strike it starts to stink pretty quickly also <laughs> so it's a per new york's a perfect example of yeah. really the way we are where they're very sensitive to you know that inflow and outflow so now certain conditions uh, like we just said there 
Um, if you've got poor blood flow that could occur, well, you know, we were just saying there that if, you're, if you've got a toxic environment, then your immune system's going to be low. And then any sort of kind of sickness mm-hmm. can obviously occur from that. And then sickness and then inflow or outflow, you could create a sickness because the waste product isn't being taken away. Mm-hmm. And that's dry macular degeneration. Yeah. Or you could be uh, not having the nutrition coming in. And uh, that's somewhat uh, diabetic retinopathy, but not, not quite the, uh-huh. the perfect analogy there. But but you could say with the uh, diabetic well, retinopathy... Opti- it's... Optic atrophy is a perfect analogy, actually. Uh, okay, yeah, there yeah. you go. So why don't you explain a little bit more? Well, about optic atrophy yeah. is um, the lack of... And, and sometimes it happens suddenly, and sometimes it happens genetically, like with me. Mm-hmm. You don't get enough blood flow to the optic nerve strands and the part of the optic nerve dies off okay. and that can happen from a tumor or other other things that restrict and that uh, can also happen at any age right any yeah yeah sort of, um, i know at the school at the moment we've got somebody visiting from uh, portugal and she's here for two weeks and she's developed optic atrophy from the last right you know, couple of months a year right um where she was getting restricted blood right to the optic nerve yeah, or even and people get it from lack of oxygen in you know in some sort of surgery or something like that. Okay. Just that will mm-hmm. starve the optic nerve. So it's the lack of delivery of what's needed to the optic nerve. And with the diabetic retinopathy, it's a case of the capillary cells and the, the vessels in the eye are becoming weak, so they start leaking. Yeah. And then you start getting uh, blood starts leaking into the vitreous humor, which is the fluid in the eye, and you start experiencing lots of floaters, mm-hmm. which is why they say that if all of a sudden you start seeing lots of floaters or flashes, head straight to the uh, the emergency department and yeah. uh, and get yeah. your eyes checked out. Uh, one or two is is you know okay. Obviously, you should always get it checked. Unfortunately, today I was talking to one of our friends who was also. Uh, been working a while on her vision and she noticed the same thing that she you know she was out and she just noticed these floaters in her eye and she said all of a sudden it went black and she said that was pretty scary so that wasn't from diabetic retinopathy and that was from multiple conditions that she had like a glaucoma etc where the the system got weakened um, but it's just an example of how the blood flow really is a real unique system in our eyes and it's just so fine-tuned so when you have something like diabetic retinopathy where those vessels start to become weak and then they start leaking then it starts causing causing havoc with our eyes now a good example of a holistic approach is obviously one of the best ways to work with that is if you've got diabetic retinopathy is to work with the diabetes itself and to start eating a healthier lifestyle, well, don't eat a healthy lifestyle. You'd be <laughs> yeah. really full. Start eating healthier. Um, start exercising, you know, more regularly and steadily, and and start dealing with the diabetes as well as the eye exercises as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, and that's a holistic approach to that to that condition as well. So a good example there, you know, many different ways that blood flow can affect us. And, you know, instead of getting freaked out here about all these conditions, I mean, in a way, it's good because, you know, you it just brings more importance on why you should be working on having healthy vision. And even if you're somebody in your early 20s, you know, thinking, well, diabetic retinopathy isn't until I'm in my 60s right, or macular right. generation is until my 70s. 
This is about prevention, right? As well as um, it's too treating. late when you're, you know, seven, well, it's not too late, but you're. It would be better to start yeah. now than to wait till you're seventy-five. And it's not a case of going through your life, you know, not doing anything because you're scared. Mm, yeah. Of you know, it's it's not about that. It's just it's just a common sense approach. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, prevention is better than cure. Yeah. And if you can avoid these conditions, then it's certainly worth. And you're going to be have a, have a healthier and healthier and happy life anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, let's move on to question of the week. And the question of the week comes from someone who's following up on our pinhole question, which was a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and wants to know specifically what to do with pinholes. Uh-huh. So. So in particular, um, she was asking, you know, how long do I wear the pinholes? Right. You know, what, what do I do? And um, I guess we'll separate this up a little bit. And I guess the answer is it's not really an exercise per se, the pinhole glasses. No, it's really a substitute for uh, both reading glasses and distance, for, distance glasses for myopia. Well, I guess for farsightedness as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really a, res- a substitute for prescription uh, glasses. Yeah. More so refractive errors. Right. Um, I mean, and even people with other conditions because they find it makes images crisper. Right. Um, will use their eyes naturally more because of that. Mm-hmm. And say you've got one eye that is weaker than the other, then maybe when you're obstructing, if you obstruct with the pinholes, then it might be easier to use that eye and the brain might become more engaged with it. Okay. Yeah. That's, I think, uh, and what was this person's? Particular... So well, it was. She she wanted to know how many hours a day to wear oh, okay. pinhole glasses. Oh my goodness! Now we never. I guess we did confuse people that way because yeah, we were meant. They were meant to be carried in your shirt pocket mm-hmm. and pulled out when you have trouble reading something, and you would normally pull out your prescription glasses yeah. or your dime store dime store uh, reading glasses. You mm-hmm. would pin pull out the pinholes instead. Yeah. So try not to think of it as an exercise per se. It's not like palming where you sit and palm for 10 minutes. Right. It's more of a replacement for your prescription glasses. Right. And again, we're here supporting natural vision improvement. And you could argue that pinholes aren't necessarily natural. Right. So we want you to use your eyes as natural as possible. And and I know one of our clients she finds it difficult to use the pinhole glasses to read in the evening because it's meant to be done ideally in, in brighter bright light. light. Yeah. So for that, I recommend one of those full spectrum lights. What do you call them here? Full spectrum lights. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> now you would call them full spectrum lights. Well, that's true. We would, I can't say it the way you do, but yeah. I don't know what that accent was. Um, so, but that's more of a white light. And again, yeah. um, more I think light. There's, yeah. there's one on our resources page mm-hmm. yeah. on our website at envisionselfhealing.com. So head over there and you'll also see some pinhole glasses over there. But ideally when you're using them, you're using them in the, in the best possible lighting because they do dim things, right? Because they do. Yeah. And I use them more in the outdoors, but well, maybe it's my condition where... You know, I see, I have more trouble seeing like street signs and things like that. And I would pull them out there. So what Uh, we recommend is use your natural vision first. Right. If nothing, unless you're obstructing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
then if you want to read something or you want to make something clearer, maybe somebody's face clearer, right? reach for the pinholes. Put them on. Prescription. Look, but then put them away. Exactly. Yeah. And then if it's um, a safety situation or the mm-hmm. pinholes really aren't doing it for you, then you go for the glasses. Right. And again, we would say, use them when you need to use them, then take them off. Yeah. Same philosophy. But I guess it depends. I mean, a lot of people like uh, reading, I suppose, in their leisure time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I myself have just completely converted to audiobooks. Which is a I, very good thing, actually. Yeah. Because I want to rest my eyes. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, a good tip there for anybody yeah. that wants to rest their eyes in the evening. And you can really find nowadays now oh my god yeah um on audiobook yeah you really don't need to be but some people like the leisurely reading Mm -hmm. i don't know um so in which case then you're wearing your pinholes then again try and not wear your glasses first without straining see if you can read um the problem is is people go well i read and then my eyes get tired so i have to wear my glasses of course when your eyes get tired that's when you should palm right uh, stop reading or distance looking or something Mm -hmm. um so i guess when you say, how long should I wear the pinholes for? I guess it's really, oh, how long are you using them? You know, are you yeah. some, if you're somebody that reads three hours a day, well, then you're going to be wearing pinholes for three hours a day. That's true, yeah. Um, if you're someone like myself, listens to audiobooks, you know, maybe I would use the pinholes when I'm on the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, pinholes don't work for me. They don't work for everyone. Um, so I don't actually use pinhole glasses. Right. So, uh, yeah, so it's a little bit more information there. Um, yeah. Clear up a little bit more on that, that topic. They are, one thing I like so much about pinholes are people are so shocked. They look cool, right? <laughs> no, so, <laughs> let me, let me uh, lower that a little bit. They're, sh- they're shocked at how good their vision is. Oh, okay, good. When they wear the pinholes. Right. You're you know, right they're, yeah, they're yeah. looking at a, a book. They, they, they've got presbyopia, um, you know, fast right. And they put, these, they put these pinhole glasses on. And all of a sudden, they can. It's crisp. Okay, yeah. How can this be? There's Why have contrast. I never heard about these? Why yeah. am I? You know. Yeah. Um, so certainly give them a go. There. I don't know what they thirty bucks or something. Yeah. Um, on Amazon, um, you know, or wherever. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're if you're interested, just give it a go because it really means you're not as dependent on your prescription glasses anymore. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not necessarily natural, you're using your eyes naturally mm-hmm. um, because they have to work themselves right so uh it's a really a good tool there to help improve your eyesight and just make your life a little bit easier and a bit crisper great well i hope you enjoyed this week's podcast if you want to find out a little bit more information then head over to our website at envisionselfhealing.com and you'll find there a free ebook called a modern day guide for improving eyesight which really does give you uh 10 basic tips there on how you can start improving your vision and why indeed your modern day life might actually be preventing you from having good vision. You can also get your hands on a free vision improvement program if we cover one of your conditions on our website. So just head over there and click on the conditions tab. You can also check out our Facebook fan page and we've got a bit more information there and feel free to send us any questions you might have there on our Facebook fan page. And I'm sure the vast majority of people that are also there might also appreciate a question or two that maybe they're a little bit shy to ask themselves. If you're listening to this on iTunes, then you could subscribe and it means that you'll get our weekly podcast sent straight to you. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, then you can also subscribe at the top corner of the screen. Be notified every time we send this podcast out or indeed individual blogs that we do. You can also keep up to date with us on Twitter where we uh, keep our audience 
um, engaged a little bit more on what we're doing and indeed giving you some more tips on how you can improve your eyesight on a daily basis. So good luck with your eye exercises this week and happy healing. And have a good week.